I've been living in the world all this time, and You've that's never, happening. It's never happened. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. I don't want to say birthday edition because it's just my birthday and I'm really quite excited. You can maybe see the smile in my talking. My guests today, um, Jeanette Kwache and Musa Kwanga. Looking forward to that. What are we going to be talking about? Probably going to talk, um, going to have to talk about my man, Sean Connery. Devastating news. Just going to touch on Sean Connery because of the impact he had on me as a child. Um, giving out flowers as well. I'm going to give out some flowers, give some flowers to Rude Hullet. A pocket called him by accident the other day and all of a sudden I thought, you know something? I'm going to give Rudolph some flowers. Same with El Nenny, man. El Nenny's got to get flowers from me as well. Going to talk Man United versus Arsenal. Not going to bore people with it just because people think, oh, he's going to bore us with it. And, you know what I mean, just because they beat us and beaten them 14 years, 16 years, whatever it was. But no, we've got to talk about it. I want to talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and I'm going to touch on Leeds and Leicester, maybe Vardy's finish and all this sort of stuff. Vardy's lack of finish for that chance. But, you know, I'm looking forward to it because, like I say, it's my birthday. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. How you doing, everybody? We're really good. Uh, How are you? Uh, Big birthday boy. Yes. We've got to mention it. You know the thing, Jen? You know, when I was younger, I hated birthdays because I looked forward to it so much, but no, it was going to be, in the end, it was going to be a horrible day. We weren't going to really get anything you wanted. It was always going to be nasty. My brother would tease me to death and then the day would just fade out. Same thing with Christmas. But then as I've got older, and especially with my wife, Nancy, honestly, we're talking about a week buildup, baby. A week? <laughs> a week. They literally a woke week. up at like five past six this morning, my girls, man. And then my youngest girl, I had to eat the, um, the most chocolatey muffin, the chocolatey cupcake this morning and a cup of tea this morning. It was like, and then, you know, the presents. But it, they, they literally, what my wife has done, she's made it so she blasts in the goodness straight from the first, from the first minute, as soon as your eyes open. It's a beautiful thing. I used to hate them. I used to hate birthdays and Christmases. Wow. Now it's, it's so good. I'm having a great day. And then yesterday, Roscoe oh. for my birthday, he got me 
Because remember, I don't think people realize my all my um my memorabilia, my medals, and everything. They got sold to so my, my ex wife. Took them to 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 America, and they were in a lockup. She totally forgot them. And some guy just out of the blue got in touch with me, and um, <laughs> Jeanette's face. And some guy just got just got in touch with me out of the blue, Moose. And he he said, "Listen, um, I've got all this stuff." And he sent me all the stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's all my stuff. That's my life in football." It's literally my life football. And then he started to ask for just ridiculous sums of money to the point where I tried yeah. to deal with him, tried to do him. Then I thought to myself, you know what? Just let it go. Let, you know, I said, let have them, take them, have them. And then, um, so we left it. So we're talking about that. So here, look, here's the boot. Look, I got the boot back. Amazing. That's wow. the boot. This That's is the, the boot, right? boot, yeah. And then this oh, ball amazing. was my hat trick ball with my game against, with David Rollcast, the greatest game I ever played with. The four, this is the ball. Yeah. And like, yes, this is the Southampton. That was in lockup. Oh my Honestly, God. Moose, Jeanette, when I saw these two, I, I literally, inside, I just, it was just like, everything just was amazing. Like, I can't explain the feeling. It was just like warmth all the way through because I haven't seen this boot for like nearly, I'd say t- 20 years. Oh my God. And the same with this ball. I totally forgot about it till I looked on it and see David Rowcastle's name. Respect, David Rowcastle. I've got a goosebump because you think about the emotional attachment to those kind of and, things. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, I actually, in my mind, Moose, I, I cut myself off saying I will never see them again. Yeah. So when I saw them, again, on, on my birthday to let, get that kind of surprise, it just kind of makes up for the, all the time. Because when you're younger, you just want, it's your birthday. You want great, you want a surprise, you want something to happen. Yeah. And to get it at this stage, I'm going to start telling people I'm 45 as well. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to think I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go and just like say, no I'm, I'm, I'm whatever I am you know I stopped not, I didn't know what my mum's age was from the age of like 65 I did, I, we always had to guess her age I'm gonna get people to start doing that but they'll probably be able to work it out but I'm not gonna tell people how old I'm gonna say I'm 45 yeah. you don't, so you don't tell people no. how old you are do you like do, do you feel like you're aging gracefully do you feel like um, I think so yeah but some, my eyes I've got a lot of bags now I've got bags under my eyes don't like them but I feel a lot more comfortable about myself. When I was younger, you, my, my mm. mum and everybody used to like, they used to say, "Look, look at the ugly boy." So that oh was so those kind of things. You know, when you grow up, just thinking, "Yeah, it's fine." I mean, I'm not bothered about that. But when you get older, you realize it's not a nice thing. To yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. Yeah, I never see myself. I didn't see myself, Jeanette, as somebody what what was like that that guy. What you know wasn't the kind of ugly boy. My mum used to always talk about my brother. Who was the Who was the hot boy back what? then? Who was the hot boy back then when you were playing? I think um, people like Lee Sharp, <laughs> Jamie Redknapp, and then mm. man. You know what I mean? When we used to be in and around England and Lee Sharp and Jamie Redknapp, when we was walking, and walk, to see women just kind of turning around and talking to each other. <laughs> ah! Oh no. The worst Lose, thing is it's, when, it's when you realise you haven't got it and they have. Yeah, you know something? <laughs> it's, there's something. No, but Moose, there's something that happens. I went, me and Jamie, what, what was me and Jamie doing something? It was in an airport. And... Uh, I'm not joking. You do feel a little bit like self-conscious. <laughs> you know, so what I done, Moose, I kind of walked about two yards behind acting like I was on the phone and you could see women's reactions, Jeanette, to Jamie walking past. <laughs> no, and no. I remember we're sitting there waiting and he went like that. I said, Jamie, man, you're getting a lot, of, a lot of attention. And to be honest, he wasn't being, he wasn't being flash or anything. He just says, you know, it's just since he was younger because he's, he's a very good looking man. Yeah, he's a yeah. very good looking man. He is, yeah. And then he said, I said, Jamie, it's, and he said, watch, watch this. So there was a woman over there and <laughs> Moose. And she, she she looked 
she looked. She she looked over. He was looking and said, "Wait, wait until she looks over." See, and honestly, <laughs> she, he um he looked at her. She looked at him, and he kind of done a, just a normal like one of these moves. He just went, and honestly, she just fell she down. Just, <laughs> <laughs> he done. She done a thing where she kind of like put her hands and just walked faster. You know, just, <laughs> you know, oh, and just no. walked so fast. I said, Jamie, that's. That's, Ian, too much, that's too much power for one man to have. Ian, that's the look I've never received. And you know, I swear it. Oh and I said to myself, my God. Devastating. I've been living in the world all this time and that's never, happening. It's never, that's, happening. Never. <laughs> that's happening in the world I'm living in. That's the VIP lounge, Ian. That's the VIP wow. lounge. That is the VIP lounge. Talking about the VIP lounge. Sean, Con- Sean Connery, guys. Oh, man. If we're going to really talk about like like effects and the effect he had on me yeah. to the point you know guys I have to say you know when I was younger when I first saw him in Doctor No you know because I w- wouldn't be able to sort out my because um, that was 63 I probably would have seen that the first time when I was 8 or something I'm not sure mm. um, Doctor No I think it was 63 when I was born mm. and if I didn't know but I would say I probably fancied him everything you wanted to be growing everything up about, right? uh, yeah I probably yeah. fancied him what was Aww. what was it? There was the presence. What was it's the... just the presence? The way he spoke, you know, his um, his 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 expressions, you know, his car, yeah, the way he Jamie Redknapp women, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, obviously it's in the film, Musa, but like mm. he was just somebody I I genuinely wanted to be. I and wanted I to be. Every other actor that's played Bond has had to essentially try and make it their own but also model it on that because that is the epitome, isn't it? He was, he was, he was the, the guy one. who made the character. You know, it's weird though, because I, I watch like Bond now, like Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig mm. actually, weirdly, he's my favourite Bond, actually. Why? He's my favourite, yeah, because he's almost like, he's like a kind of, he has the kind of, he's brutal like Connery was, but then he has, he's there for the modern era. So you see, you see the emotional impact that, loving others, loving women has on Bond through Craig. You see like actually more of a real, cause I saw Sean Connery. I was like, yeah, yeah. he was, he was like almost like, you could have never imagined him really. Being in cra- an orphanage. Cause yeah, that's where he supposedly yeah. came whereas, from. Whereas mm. the, you look at Daniel Craig's Bond and you look at Skyfall, mm. which is my favorite Bond movie. You know, like yeah, yeah. that, like when James Bond's out there with the, with the, with the double barreled shotgun and like, the, you yes. know, just like the wellies, out there. The <laughs> and he's out there with, and you're like, oh my God, that's actually, that's Bond. And yeah. it's weird, like every generation has their own. Yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. And I, t- I totally get it, what you're saying, Jeanette, in respect to James Bond. But James Bond is a character that, that for me, I know they had to kind of, they had to kind of like cut it down and trim off the edges of, I see Daniel Craig as, as somebody that is still got major problems in his head in mm. what he's doing whereas, as he's James Bond whereas I look at someone like how Sean Connery portrayed James Bond and it seemed like yeah I've got over a lot of that stuff and now I'm doing me the fearlessness yeah. did you ever meet people did you ever meet characters in football because I'm interested because I look at like mm. how the worlds of pop culture and well football is pop culture they overlap mm. were there characters in football who reminded you of Sean Connery the way they carried themselves in terms of the swagger because there are some men you look at and you just think there's just no gaps in that man's confidence at all there's n- the, the aura is crazy they walk into a room and like you Jay-Z like Jay-Z's know. like that Jay-Z yeah. you're like yeah. big um, energy yeah I'll tell you who I met that, that had that kind of that aura when, when he walked in it was Jeff Hurst and it's really weird because Jeff Hurst for me as well growing up he looked he looked like he could have been James Bond 
That's in, that's really interesting, actually. Are we talking about what? We're talking about aura or good lookingness or everything no, that comes with their energy. You know how there are some men who can just no, never no. imagine. There are some men who's basically you can never imagine them having low confidence ever. Thierry Henry. That's interesting. Really? Honestly, I'm not joking. You can feel it. It's almost like it's the same with I met Sevi Ballesteros at, um, wow, at okay. Wentworth. Okay. And I'm not just saying, I've heard Nick Faldo say it. When they walk into the room, the energy changes in the room. Mm. Wow. Thierry has that. That's really interesting, you know, when you say that, because it, it, it makes you think, is it the sport that gives them the confidence or is it the confidence that makes them good at the sport? And that's where you, you try and work out where, where is that line? Mm. Where's that balance with them? Do you know, like, did, were they always like that? Was it innate? So when they were younger, they were always super confident. And then because of that, they have this amazing ability to do what get, they do on the pitch. You get the, the thing course. now, Moose, this is an interesting one. It's a good question as well, Jeanette, because you look at someone like Thierry and the way he probably was from a young age. He's mm. always been amazing and the very, very best. So I think that from a young age, and remember, when you've got kid confidence, child confidence, when nobody's suppressing it mm. and you're, 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 you're free to express it all the time and do mm. what you do, then you look at someone like Thierry and he probably had that all the way through. He's always been better than everybody else. He's always been more advanced in the way he thinks, the way he plays. So there's not much a coach in that can actually tell him apart from obviously his attitude and stuff, but in respect of confidence and continuing to be as good as he can be, he didn't get too many people saying the word no or don't or this. So the confidence is still that childlike. Like, yeah. I'm like invincible. It's, for one of a better word, he I is. I tell you what, when I, was, um, when I was younger, we went to, I was on the World Junior team and we went to Jamaica for the World Junior Championships in athletics, right? And it was the first time I'd seen Usain Bolt run. Mm. And he was 15, right? So he won the 200 metres. He won it in a world record time for a 15-year-old, the fastest 15-year-old kid ever. And in Jamaica, obviously they love track and field. They love athletics. They packed out this stadium, 40,000 people. He crossed the line in first place. It obviously blitzed all the other little kids who were probably about a foot shorter than him. Mm -hmm. And when he crossed the line, he saluted the Jamaican crowd who were in a frenzy. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen a confidence like that at 15 years old. Mm -hmm. But then you just say to yourself, well, this is why he's become the greatest ever, you know, mm -hmm. sprinter, fastest ever man on the planet. And that confidence never died. Mm -hmm. So it always makes me think, is it in you as a child? that makes you so, so good at what you do? Or does that confidence grow as you get better at the sport? So I, I was at boarding school uh, oh. when I was like 11 and I was a confident dude and then it got broken. It got oh. absolutely broken. So we would play sport and I remember playing, we were playing cricket and I took this catch, this like diving catch, never played cricket before, but this diving catch was really excited. And my headmaster was just like, you never celebrate when you do something great on a sports field. You just tuck the ball in your pocket and walk on. Wow. Modestly. That's so British. That's so British. Wow. Yeah. Then I, then I was playing. That's so like, British. I got dropped from a school team. I scored like 10 in 10 matches. And the guy just dropped me in the middle of a training session to the second team for the rest of the season. He was like, you're too cocky. And oh, it God. broke me. It was like, literally, it took, I would say probably like 10, 15 years to get my confidence back. You know something? Well, I had a similar situation with a head teacher, Mr. Melbourne, Musa. Wow. Because at the time I was better than the players in and around me. So we're talking about 12. And, you know what I mean, to the point where I wasn't actually passing to them as well because they, at the time, I didn't realize, they weren't quite, they weren't good enough. So they'd get it, they'd lose it, and I'd get vexed and this and that. And then I remember when I used to get angry, it was a time I used to cry when I lost playing, when I played football, I used to mm. cry. And they'd lose, and I remember he'd take me off, he'd, he'd take me off the pitch. And remember, we'd, we'd have to drive for a long way to get to the sports ground when I was at Samuel Peeps. He'd take me off the pitch and I literally couldn't play. So I'd be standing at the sideline crying and he'd say, you think you're God's gift to football. 
you're not that good. You're not that good. You're nowhere near as good as you think you are. Can you imagine hearing that at 12? You know what I mean? And at the time I'm thinking, I'm, I'm working hard, I'm playing, I'm trying to score, I'm kicking my left foot, my right foot. And it was the first time I heard the, 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 the term, you think you're God's gift to football. And at the time, I didn't think I was. I just thought that I was helping them by, you know what I mean? Maybe not giving it to them. We're talking about kids who were playing slaps yeah. on the side of the pitch, slaps yeah. on the pitch with their hands. You know that game what you play? Yeah, they, They're not interested. Like, <laughs> they don't want to play. You watch, they don't want to play. They're, they're like the guys when you watch the film Kez. Yeah, they're in the corner exactly. doing that. Playing, yeah. And so, but he, he had something against me when I was younger. He had something against me. That broke me. Yeah, yeah. You, th you think yeah. about that. It's only when you get older and you look back at what affected confidence at key points, because that, I, at that school, I'd just gone from a state school to a boarding school. So I basically wasn't good at anything apart from English because I'd never studied Greek or Latin. I was bottom of every class apart from English. Wow. So basically all I had was English and football and he knew that oh, and he right. broke it. He broke the football. He broke it. And so I basically like, looking back actually psychologically, it's only when you, when you grow older and you see how to handle younger people, I would never speak to an 11 year old like that. No, never. You wouldn't Absolutely do it. Never. No. And how did yeah. you manage that then, Ray, with like, with Sean and Bradley, when they were, when they were finding their feet in the game and they were kids and they were wanting to play, how did you tell them to express themselves on the pitch versus off the pitch with their confidence and stuff? The thing with it is, Jeanette, I always said to, like, because it was very tough for me to go and watch them because when I'd go and watch them, I remember Bradley, more than Sean, um, used to be, used to hate it when I used to watch because people made such a fuss. Games would stop and then everybody would come over to because they'd want to watch the, 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 the team, what's got Ian Wright's sons um, and Ian Wright's son, Bradley, and then it, it was Sean. So I remember I used to watch from afar and, and then afterwards... I used to just, when they're in the car, I remember Bradley used to be vexed as well. Sean, Sean was always fine. He's literally like a, Sean, nothing bothered him. Wow. You know what I mean? The way he played is the way I wanted him to continue to play. It's because the same thing what Steve Coppel said to me. Do not change. When I got to Steve Coppel at 22, when I went to Palace and I got through my first bit of trial, Steve Coppel said to me, do not change the way you see the game in that final third of the pitch. How you feel, what you should do with the ball once it comes to you and you know where the defender is, whatever. Don't change that. There's places on the pitch where you cannot lose the ball. And I learned that. I learned a harsh lesson from Jim Cannon, Mickey Joy, those old guys who really gave me a, a real earful in the dressing room about losing the ball in certain areas. But Steve Coppel said to me, up there, you express yourself and do what you want. And I said the same thing to my boys. I said to them, listen, you always have to use your teammates. Mm. But when you get in there, if you want to play at the very highest level, Firstly, you never lose the ball and you express yourself. If you can see, if you see space and you could take some, take them on. And this is why when me and Sean fell out for a bit when he was at Chelsea, is because I'd used to go and watch him and there was space. Like when he was at City, he was on fire, guys. Mm. Fire. Remember. Right? And um, to the point where I was, I literally couldn't watch. I was bursting with pride watching some of the things he'd done. And I remember when he went to Chelsea, and he'd get the ball, there's space behind him. And remember Chelsea had Duff and Robin before, and they were wingers who attacked. Yeah. He had space behind people, and he's passing it inside, not taking them on. So I'd speak to him, and I said, what, what's going on? He said, well, that's the way we play. That's how, you know, he wants us to play passing. I said, but that's not how Chelsea got to where Chelsea got. They had wingers who attacked players and frightened them. And he said, well, that's how we're playing. And, this, and, and so me and him had this massive, we didn't speak for about 18 months. Wow. Because... From a child, all of a sudden I'm watching him as a man, a professional at Chelsea, the champions, 
almost changing the way he played. Almost, I wouldn't say he was afraid to attack those spaces, but he just didn't do it. I, I remember leaving the... Yeah, I, do, I don't know, because it was Mourinho and Mourinho. He'd play, then he wouldn't play. He'd play, do something, he wouldn't play. And so he himself, guys, was somebody that... When I was growing up, I said to him, listen, if the manager, if the manager takes you out, you play better the next time you play. Yeah. Make sure you play with your players, try and score goals. Never give the ball away. I never told them off for anything what they'd done on the pitch in the way they were. Never told them off on that, and, and, like you were too greedy or you did that. I just let them play. I said, did you enjoy the game? Did you enjoy the game? But then do you have to respect what the manager's saying or, or what the manager's asking of you during that game or during no. that season? No, no, Jeanette. Simply because the way he played and why Chelsea bought him was not to fit into Chelsea mm. in respects of how they're going to play, but he played with wingers, attacked, got down the wing, took people on, got people off their seats. So you have to, the way you play, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. You have to, how you play, Jeanette. It's the same as with you, with your kids, Jeanette. You, the way you grow up and you, what you've learned, is, is you're, you're trying to make sure that you tell them exactly what's going to give them the best opportunity to progress. Mm-hmm. You know, right or wrong? No, 100%. 100%. Which is why I hear what you're saying when you're talking about going to watch kids at, at games and be on sidelines and there'll be parents that are listening to this. Oh, and God. It, 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 it's a minefield, you know. It's an absolute minefield because you, you have to kind of toe the line between being a really, you know, doting, proud parent to yeah. wanting your child to do really well. And if your child has potential... Oh my goodness. I don't know how you did yeah. it. I don't know how you got your boys to be professional you know the thing is, without of, losing it. No, Jeanette, Musa, let me tell you, one of the most, um, the worrying, worst times ever was watching them play. The worst. Mm. I, I, I couldn't deal with that. Because you can, especially at Chelsea, you can hear them giving him stick and t talking about how small he is and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But um, the, the, um, it's, 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 it's for, when they got released, they both got released from Forest at 15. I was devastated. Right, mm. devastated because I was thinking Sean for a start I thought he's going to really struggle with his height and Bradley is very they're both totally different to my character Bradley's very laid back I remember Kevin Keegan phoning me one time complaining he was on the front row of the team meeting asleep oh my god <laughs> 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 he's tired isn't he asleep <laughs> right so you, you know that he's, he's that he's that kind of um He's that calm in his character. If you met Bradley, you'll know. Oh my goodness. Um, but the thing is, is that them coming up and watching them moves and you see them do stuff. Bradley, his touch and the way he moved as, as a nine-year-old, I was thinking, that's, that's pretty good. But you see your child, so you're thinking, what? you know what I mean? That's pretty much, you know, because you, what you see when they're younger is like, like a prodigy, like you watch... Ansu Fati, when you watch Wayne Rooney, when you right, watch Messi, yeah, of course, they yeah. do grown up, they do professional footballer stuff yes. at a young age. Only in a small body, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. in a small body. So when you when I see, I said, that's pretty good. Then you see Sean. I remember there was a, there's a, um, there was a, a, a football video I'd done where Sean took on about nine of the kids in his class and then scored the goal. And I remember watching, and you think to yourself, they're, they're good. <laughs> but that normal? You, you know they're, they're they're better than good so you're thinking oh my god this is um what do you do and then you almost try to play it down with the yeah, people around right. the side you play it down not to them because you want them to continue to express themselves but i knew especially watching sean the only problem i thought that he he would have is obviously his size and mm -hmm. bradley is obviously his fact that he's so he's so calm and cool in his in his persona but to be fair 
for both of them to go on and do it. You know what I mean? I, I still, I, I refuse to take credit for it. Absolutely refuse. Simply because the both of them, at the ages they got the rejection at Forest, both going to City, that was all on them. Of course you tell them stuff, but it was all on them. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. I had to do something the other day with FIFA and I had my phone in my back pocket, right, guys? And it pocket dialed, rude hullet. <laughs> right? oh what a like, Mad. You know, it, sounds, Mad. it sounds like I'm giving it. You know? But the thing is, is that so the thing with rude, obviously his son, literally that weekend, made his debut as well. Maxim made his debut. Oh, so wow. we spoke about that for a bit. But then we go to play the game and we're talking about the icons in the game, right? So... Every single one of these great icon teams that they got, every single one of them had Rude Hullet in the midfield. Whoa. What? Can you understand what I'm saying? Do people understand the enormity of this man's Levels. ability? Yeah. Levels, levels. levels. Flowers. Yeah. He has to get some. Give him the he flowers. Doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't fully get them. He doesn't. Okay, so here's no. the thing. Why not, Musa? Why is that? Do you okay, think? there's a lot going on. Okay, so <laughs> the first thing I'll say is, for those who never fully watched Hullet play, when you watch him, there's no one that runs like that. The man would skip when he ran. Oh. He floated. It was like he was walking across like a pond or something. Like, you know, mm. it was like, like a, you know, like skimming a pebble across a pond. That's how he yes. ran. Yes. And then this guy scored a volley with his knee. With his <laughs> knee. This guy could play sweeper. He was basically like, if everyone's, everyone asks what he was like, he was like the closest. If you imagine, like, you see Frank Lampard, mm. but Frank Lampard could also be a centre-back with the kind of almost the physicality of like a Virgil van Dijk almost. Oh God. Right, okay. okay. Yes. Right, Rude okay. Pullet was every, and he could play as a 10. He played as like a second striker. Mm-hmm. This guy was mm-hmm. the best. He could play as a fullback. He could play any any position in the world, any position. Ultimate footballer. Ultimate oh, footballer. Yes. Yeah. Jeanette, okay. I remember Jeanette, he scored a goal. I think it might've been in the final. And it was, it was the, the image, the image of the goal, because we're talking about, like you say, the stature of van Dijk, the power of getting forward, you know, and he scored his header where the head flashes back yes. and the locks. The locks. The lock. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God, That's Musa. what I remember, the locks. Because to, to see a guy like that, Musa, yes. in 1988 with his locks, because when we were younger, remember, you know as well, Jeanette, when we were all younger, if you had locks and dreadlocks, you had to hide them from your family. Mm-hmm. So to see somebody with those locks and things like that, honestly, Musa, right. score that goal, please. Let's it break it amazing. down. Let's break it. Let's go deeper than that. Let's go deeper. <laughs> this is years before Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela is still in jail at this point, right? Mm. And you've got a Rastafarian. You've got the dreadlocks, the most stigmatized black people. Like you, tell, mm. you look at like the history of slavery, the Caribbean, slavery in the Caribbean, yes. where, where slavery was overthrown the most brutal suppressions of enslaved Jamaicans happened there, right? Mm-hmm. So that is, he's honoring that with his haircut. He is honoring yes. the rebellions against that. He's honoring the anti-colonial uprisings with that hair. And he's the best player in the world for pretty much, basically it's him and Maradona. Mm. Him, Maradona and Van Basten yeah. is the three-way tie for best player in the world. And here's, you have to understand, 
Ruth Hullett and Maradona and Van Basten and Rijkaard ran world football for four years straight. Yes. They ran it yeah. from like 87 to like mm. 90. 87, he, 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 he's yeah. Ballon d'Or. He dedicated, yeah. dedicated to Nelson Mandela. To Nelson Mandela. Wow. He recorded who's, like a reggae like tune. Yeah. Who's like that now then, Musa? Who would you say? LeBron James. LeBron James. Really? Wow, is that what you're Oh, absolutely. Yeah. LeBron James. Okay. LeBron James is literally, Rude Hullet basically is underrated, I think, for lots of reasons that actually have nothing to do with football. Okay. Nothing to do with football. Like, he, sh- he should have been in the disrespected. He, yes. Do you know what? Do you know what? Can I say that? The ultimate disrespect. We didn't even include him. <laughs> oh in the my God. 11. The <laughs> disrespect. I'm going to have to speak to Ryan. He's out. Oh, yeah. rude in there, yeah? Yes. But really, guys, come on. Wow. Disrespected, bro. And it's funny because it happened to Clarence Seedorf as well. Yes. Clarence Seedorf and Rude Hullet, two black Dutch footballers, the most underrated in their position of the modern era. Like, unquestionably, unquestionably. And that has to be race. That has to be race because you look at the history. Mm of Hullet's career and the amount of times that race was a factor. Yes. And the amount of times it was an issue for him and Sadoff as well. It's incredible what they achieved. Like, it's mm. on the Lewis Hamilton level, to be honest. It's on the yeah. Lewis Hamilton level. Yeah. And yeah. they yeah. haven't got their flowers. They have how not is it, how's, how's he getting on now, Ian? How's Rude now? Is he okay? Rude's cool, yeah, Rude's cool man. You know, we're in, a, we're in a WhatsApp group. We're kind of like, you know, he's, my, he's a WhatsApp guy. He sends stuff. Can I say what something? Is, I, saw, yeah. I, saw, I saw him in Berlin last year. Yeah, at the Laureus Sports Awards, and he was like, yeah. "Oh, I had a golden black jacket." He was like, "Oh, nice jacket." So I, actually, <laughs> <laughs> I pretended, I pretended, I pretended I was not hyped. I was like, "Oh yeah," because it's around the door from my house. It's around the corner of my house. I was, I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, cool." I was like, I acted like I like was not standing the sky for like ninety yes. percent of my adult life. And you were dying inside when he said it. <laughs> but they can tell though. Great players can tell when you stand them. Because they can tell when you're playing it down. He can energy, sh- yeah. Yeah, energy. It's the yeah. energy, man. Yeah. It's the energy and the pressure. Like, it's the pressure. You know, I can't even get into the, to the, to the vicinity of the pressure that someone like him probably would have been in and mm. how he dealt with the pressure. What did he mean uh, to you? Because you obviously came up just after him. You were kind of like... Yeah. So what? I remember I was... At, that was when I was... So I was three years into my professional career by Right, then. right, right. Yeah. Wow. So you know what I mean? To, so, to see him doing his stuff and dealing with the pressure and being... Like you mentioned, Maradona just lit the world on fire in 86. And then off of the back of that, we're talking about Rude Hullet just oh got blasting. The three you know, and then Yeah. And then what they done in 88, you know what I mean? And what Van Basten done to Tony Adams. Sorry, I had to mention it. It had to be mentioned. Yes. <laughs> you know, that hat trick. Do you know what's wrong about that? Actually, can I mention this? You know, yeah. The, 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 the goal that Van Basten scores when he turns Adams, right? Yeah. Rude Hullet hits a perfect cross with the outside of his right his foot. His right foot. This is what I'm talking about. This man was hitting crosses with the outside of his right foot from distance like it was nothing. Now it's everyone effortless. does it. Yeah, everyone yeah. does it. It's a thing now. And he just did it like it was nothing. It was nothing. To, but the thing is, is that everything about him and the way he played, it seemed weird in the body that he had. Yeah, right. It seemed weird because remember, we're just coming off of this the, 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 uh, diminutive Maradona. Right. right. Just unstoppable force. You know what I mean? So small and going through, but like... In respect of ability with right foot, left foot, what Rude Hullet could do, it's just in a, a, size a unit. <laughs> yeah, in a giant. There was a story about when um, they were Milan were going to play, and it was a Serie A game, and they looked at Hullet, and they were shaking. Like yeah. some of the people, the opposition was shaking. Yeah, you talk about talk about like swagger. As someone just looked like they had no fear, and I learned that. You watch that, you see a black guy going through the middle of mainland Europe. What's that? That Kendrick Lamar thing? Black man taking no losses. Yeah, yeah, that's King, yeah. that's King Kunta. That's King Kunta. That was that was a yeah. uh, Rutilit. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Can I just say something? Just I'm just going to blast it in. Yeah. If Arteta is managing Man United, they are challenging. Because for me now, I think I've got to the point where when you look at the inconsistency of Man United with the components that they have, the team that they have, what they're capable, what they should be doing. We're talking about Pogba here, World Cup winner. Mm. You know what I mean? What they should be doing, you know, you've got Twinzebi who can't even get on the pitch after marking arguably two of the most exciting and brilliant players in the world right now. Can't get on the pitch. He's using two holding midfielders when if he's playing Twinzebi, he don't need that. And you've got a manager who, for me, is playing off of vibes. He's managing off of pure vibes. Oh when are they? When is somebody going to say, you know something, we've, up to this point, look at what Arteta has done in his time at Arsenal. We're seeing coaching change. We're seeing coaching on the field. We're impact. seeing change. Impact. Yeah. Thank you, Jeanette. We're seeing impact. impact. We're seeing, and you mentioned El Nenny come out of the blue. He's found him. He said, right, he can do this for me. He can do that for me. He's, he's, he's making the, 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 the parts work. And you're looking at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's got a Man United team with this Teles. I think Teles looks like somebody who can do something. Harry Maguire's starting to get back to what he's doing. We know what Harry Maguire can do, but with Twenzebi next to him and, and one Visaka, and the goalkeeper's starting to find his foot, they should be doing better than that. What they've done against Arsenal the other day for me, for Man United, coming off of the two results was embarrassing. People are saying, um, you know what I mean? Roy Keane was saying, you know, the players, they'll get the in the players, tap. It's yeah. not, not just the players. I think that Man United first team in particular is actually really good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's underperforming in the league. Absolutely. The talent. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arteta has the pieces in attack. If you look at like, if Arteta had Pogba in front of El Elneny and Partey, it's a different story. Yeah. Good night. The tools. Good night. The, yeah, the attacking yeah. tools. I think I think Arteta's brilliant, actually. I think Arteta, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I would say, is overall a better coach than he has given credit. And at the same time, his peak is visible. To me, Arteta's peak is not yet visible. I've not seen in, in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time up to this point something that says, okay, I could see it. I could see what he's going to try and do there. Yes, you know, just seeing him use Fred and McTominay again in the double pivot at home, because even against RB Leipzig, they didn't play well. 
it was towards the end. Yes, they broke the press. And, and the, they, they, the, towards the end of the game, Musa, they scored the goals and it, it looked like, oh my God, Man United absolutely hammered them. Mm. And because it's uh, Nagelsmann and for me, an unbelievable team in, in the way they press and they, they broke it. They done well on that particular day. But for me, for them to come and, and play against Arsenal. The way with, they did. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Jeanette, with Mason Greenwood and 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 um, Marcus Rashford coming infield, the, surely the game plan would be to get someone on the get someone on the ball that's going to stretch my Arsenal. It's going to stretch Arsenal. Musa, do, why do you think this is right? Okay, you mm. uh, Manchester United, right? They'll go away. They'll do great. Um, RP Leipzig, great. Then they come back, do what they did to Arsenal. The inconsistency is crazy, which is driving the fans mad. Like one minute it's Ole in, next minute it's Ole out. Like there doesn't seem to be any kind of like, I don't know, like an identity. Like there's no marker as to where Manchester United should be and what that progression looks like. So it just, it just seems like a real chaotic, confused setup at the minute. Yes, man. I'm going to be a bit harsh and say that it's actually completely consistent. It's actually like the 2017 season when United were really strong in Europe and bad in the league. Because mm. Champions League is like a prestige thing and it almost like reminds you who you are. It's, mm. it, it, it almost remi- it's those moments when you're like, you know, like even when you're an athlete having a difficult time, you might put in one good performance, one good race. And it's like, oh, that's my peak. Again. And the Champions League and these European tournaments have a way of reminding people of the grandeur of what they're meant to be. But the league is a slog. And the league is also a place where like each time you play Champions League, it's like, you know, it's a bit of a free hit. You mm. know, it's, it's a trip away. It's a grand occasion. And it's like, it's back to basics. Mm. Whereas the league is like, you look at, it's cumulative. You look at the league yes. table and the fear sets in. We lost 6-1 at home. And it's no coincidence that two fearful performances have come back to back at home after a 6-1 defeat. It's traumatic. Mm. And you look at the league table, or United are down there, like, you know, below, below the mid table now. And you kind of think the shame sets in or not the shame, but you get tentative, you get fearful. And that's where United are at the moment. Like, because mm. the league is your bread and butter. It is your prestige. Can I give out some flowers? Go Can on. I yeah. give out some flowers? flowers. El Nenny's got to get some of flowers. Of course. Yeah. El Nenny was running He's like a mad get, man. <laughs> and the thing is, again, we're talking about, this is what I'm talking about with a coach like that. He will look at him. And this is why we have to look at the whole situation. Mm. What's going on at Arsenal and players that have been ostracized, not involved, nowhere near it. We're looking at a manager that if he needs somebody because they can do a job, and he does seem a little bit similar to the way El Nenny plays Arteta. Mm. There was a similarity in it. He will play them. And for, to, to bring him back and put him in there alongside, come on, man, Partey. Yeah. You know, put him alongside that too now. That looks so solid. Solid with Gabriel. But like I say, this is what I'm saying. Gabriel's, the way Gabriel played, I'm loving Hector Bellerin as, as well. But Gabriel and Rob Holding, who always for some reason, Seems to be a figure of like joviality for for fans apart from Arsenal. Like when Rob Holding's playing, they say things like <laughs> Rob Holding. I love Rob. I love Rob Holding. <laughs> Honestly, Rob Holding. have you seen how Rob Holding deals with Mane when they play? <laughs> I think Rob Holding is Mane's kind of guy where he he always has a good game against Mane. Yeah. And the way they said, right, it's obvious that um, Arteta said, "I want them pushed in. We do not want them going over the over the top of us because if they do, we're in trouble." With Marcus yeah. Rashford and Greenwood, and Man United could not get out. They didn't have the forwards to actually know to come and spin because they didn't have enough time on the ball. And this is what I'm talking about. That's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's 
plan should have been. How are we going to exploit the space that Arsenal don't want our Man United to run into? And this, this is sorry? where it's for me is failed. Musa, is this... he doing it with that shape, Musa? Is he doing it with that shape he used on the weekend? Well, yes. Uh, well, so, what, Solskjaer or... Solskjaer, yeah. Solskjaer. I, will actually, I want to quickly dispraise El Elneny and say that this is his yeah, second please. best performance I've seen this season from him behind the Community Shield. Yes, he was magnificent. That is when I was like, ah, this is what... This game didn't surprise me because he foreshadowed it right then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His use of the ball, and that was against the Liverpool team that wanted to win that because they were like... They'd been given yeah. that heat by um, Liverpool already. Uh, Arsenal the previous season, they've been yes. shut down with the press. So I think that Arsenal... Their path is actually quite exciting. United, I have to say, I'm, I really appreciate the tactical innovations that I've seen from Solskjaer. Like using Lingard as a false nine last year was really impressive. Like he, he's done things that have really impressed me, but I just think that the, the consistent problem with his going to, he's always going to be a cycle of excellent results, encouraging results, followed by these lulls, because people have to understand this league, and this is no disrespect to Solskjaer, this is one of the best coached leagues we have ever seen in the mm. Premier League. The quality, the depth. Mm. We got Potter over at Brighton and Brighton yes. are way down there and Brighton are absolutely brilliant. We've got Dean Smith at Villa. Like we've got mm. Hasenhutl at Southampton. Ralph Hasenhutl. We have got like unbelievable coaches. So if you turn up, here's the thing. You turn up every single week. 15% mm. off your A game. You'll get beaten. You'll get beaten. You'll get yeah. beaten. Villa. Standard. Yeah. Villa. Villa going to Liverpool. So here's the thing. So... We look at it now and look at like Leicester and Leeds, for example. Oh, like you've gosh, got, amazing. you have got Bielsa, oh. who must be an absolute joy for mm. Leeds to have there. It's like, have you know what it's like? It's like Rembrandt turning up in your town and going, I want the display here. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> but you're Rembrandt. Yes, I like Leeds very much. Yeah. I should stay in Leeds for a while. Yeah. 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 But, like, but, but you, you, you saw it last, when you watched, when you watched our Leicester, because, what Leicester done to us, right, yes, yes. at Arsenal was, it was obvious, right? Especially when you looked at us and we, we can't, we're not creating. We're keeping the ball. One of the, we've got the, the best possession of keeping the ball in our, like, in our back four and in that kind of area, nothing mm -hmm. in the number 10 position. So what Leicester done to us was, I was thinking, well, it's only a matter of time. They'll bring him on, he'll score. But what they needed. done, honestly, Jeanette, Musa, <laughs> what they done to Leeds, it's almost like they said, Listen, it, you know what it felt like? Ali Foreman wrote the dope. Yes, yes, <laughs> wrote yes, yes, yes. It was yes. Ali Foreman. It was. Because he li they literally just came out like, they, that's what they're going to do. Because you look at Bielsa and you think, well, he's not going to change. Leicester just soaked it up. And that Nampali's Mendy is fucking awesome <laughs> in, in place of Ndidi. And then... You look at Tielemans. Oh, he's amazing. Tielemans he's is beautiful. So beautiful. Season, yeah. I was so beautiful. angry when, oh my God, Jeanette, I was so angry when he went there to Leicester. I was like- It feels like he should guy. be somewhere else. Yes. That, that guy's the future. That's the guy. He's the future of like Europe, of like- He's good. You can see yeah. him. You can see him in Barcelona. You can good. see him at Real Madrid. You can see him at, um, you can see him at Bayern. But the thing is, is, is the way- that they just slowly just said, I know, we know what you're going to do, Leeds. Keep... It's like it's your older up, brother. Right? Look, Jeanette, it's like your older brother- getting his mates and letting the younger team play, but they're full of enthusiasm and skill and everything. So we know what you're going to do. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Bam, 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 bam. And then that's bam. what they needed and to then do. The mistakes because, and then the mistakes, and then the punishing of the mistakes. Mm -hmm. And this is why, I, I, I remember on the, on the WhatsApp, I, I, I put something on about Jamie Vardy's finish. When he was oh, going sorry, through. did you mention our WhatsApp group? 
ทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุกสายเลยทุก
up in our, our local park and you had to pay 10 pence to be in it because it was for charity, it's for the church and everything. And I said to them, yeah, I've, I've got to tell me, but my brother's bringing it. And it was like, there must've been about 12 of us, maybe 12, 15 of us. And I was saying, yeah, my brother's going to bring the money. So I didn't realize because I heard a story about Leif Trevino saying he used to bet with money he didn't have. Oh my God. So that's pressure. And I remember when I heard him say that, I said, I've done that when I was younger because I didn't have the 10p. I kept saying to them, listen, my brother's coming and he'll give me the 10p. And I was playing in the, ten, in the, in the penalty competition and I was taking every penalty as if they're going to say, well, you can't take one because you haven't paid the entry fee. So I carried on and I scored again. <laughs> it scored. In the end, I won it. I won it knowing that um, I'm playing with money I do not have. have. That is a oh next my level God. pressure, man. <laughs> so I must have been 11 How at the time. How old 11? I was 11. But the thing is, Jeanette, my plan and my game plan was as soon as I missed, I'm running off. You're out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't miss. I didn't miss. Wow. And so when I heard Lee Trevino tell the story, I thought, my God, I done that. <laughs> but the thing is, I done that. And the reason why I done it is I just wanted to play football and football. play and score and score mm. score a penalty. I just wanted to do it. And guess who was my goalkeeper? Guess Go who on. was in goal? Go on. Maxi Priest. No. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> Wait, Ma what? Max Max Elliott and his brother Trevor was what? playing in it as well. The singer. The singer yeah, Maxi Priest. Yeah. yeah, that's he was a goalkeeper. He was a goalkeeper when he was younger. And Max was in goal to the point when when it got to the final. I was in the final with his brother Trevor and people saying, it's not fair. It shouldn't be right. His brother's in goal. <laughs> Wait, so Maxi Priest's brother's Trevor Elliott? Trevor Elliott, yeah. I, this is stuff I'm learning every day. You, I cousins, had no idea. Yeah, cousins with Paul Elliott. Oh my know? gosh. Yeah. Okay, okay. You know? And so like, so it was one of those where I said, I don't mind. He could stay in goal. You know what I mean? And I won it. <laughs> this is Pressure. wild. This is wild. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the, you know what I mean. Brilliant. I just thought I'd just throw that one in that to be brilliant. honest. Maxi Priest in goal, you know. Maxi oh, man. Priest, man. Maxi <laughs> Priest. Uh. You know something with um with Wrighty's house because you know guys, it's getting to that point where you're probably getting thrown out now. But you know something, I'm not throwing people out of Wrighty's house. No, you, can't you can throw leave. Us out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just you know what I mean? Just what's it? You know, just wander around, do your stuff. But, but also, it's your birthday. Like I really thought I was coming for cake and yeah. But you know? the, the, the cake, I'm, I'm giving you cake. I'm giving you virtual cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a cake. And also, to be honest, this is a cake all of its own, this experience. Is exactly. Always a pleasure. Is. Let it them is. eat cake. Before I go, can I say, um, I have noticed I'm a bit, I'm feeling a bit left out. In what way? I didn't have those lovely, like, Wrighty's house things on my mic. Oh my God. Yeah, so I should probably get one of those. Not yeah, I'll get Roscoe to send you one. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm gonna send you. A, I'm gonna send you a special one as well. Oh, a special one. There we go. No, we can't be there doing favorites. No, yes, I'm not doing favorites because you're my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I'll have that one day long. You know what I mean? You're my favorite. I'll send you one. Moose, we'll send you one. But oh, amazing. Guys, I don't know. Will I see you soon? I'll see you in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, see you in the WhatsApp. Group. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks anyway. See you in a bit. Yeah. I love you. Jin, we'll speak, huh? See you soon, guys. I love you. Always Take a pleasure. Care. Take care. Happy Cheers birthday. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much to Jeanette Kwashe and Musa Kwonga. Join us again next week. I'm going to be having the other half of uh, Stadio on next week. I have Ryan Hunt, the Hunt master, the Rai Rai, the gold guy. Rai Rai, the gold guy. Join us again next week. Um, see you later, man. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>